Good day. Francis Gargani, Redemptress, reflecting once again with you from our Redemptress Provincial House of Washington, D.C. We are already into the second Sunday of Lent, and hopefully, as you know, there's also a video recording for today with a much fuller format that we always produce on the Wednesday prior, also on this website, and Father Akko will be doing it. So I do hope you can take time to also view that. The second Lenten Sunday traditionally and appropriately invites us to the Mount of Transfiguration. So let's receive once again the stunning revelatory words of Matthew's version, chapter 17, verses 1 through 19. Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here if you wish. I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. And then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Though I sometimes feel like I pointed out too much, but I think it's always valuable for us to remember that this preparatory season for the greatest feast in our liturgical cycle of Easter was born as a response of the early church's excitement when adults were readying to profess their baptismal vows as newborn members of the body of Christ, as the days of being plunged into the bath of rebirth were finally drawing closer, days of heightened anticipation for both the elect after their one to two year catechumenal journey and for the local Christian community, it became clear that the community should put its best foot forward, that is, spiffy up and rev up for the big day. We need to do penance to allow the spirit to get us in shape through prayer and fasting and almsgiving, they told themselves, well, more or less. We better be in a dynamic encounter of Christ for our newborn chicks. They would encourage each other. So our elect will only want to become part of us more and more. I share this liturgical history so that we experience this special season as a time of joy and, yes, heightened anticipation for both the Feast of Easter as well as our renewal as a community of Christ itself disciples, encouraged by the global community of new disciples acclaiming their baptismal profession. Lent is, in its origin, less about morose self-denial, excessive remorse for sins and failings, but rather more about celebrating our anniversary of being born anew in the body of Christ. 
Its very name, Latin in origin, means springtime. And that's the atmosphere that should pervade this season for us. Whatever leads us to blossoming more fully in God with each other. That's why this account of the transfiguration is always placed at the beginning of the season after the equally appropriate reading of the first Sunday of the initiatory desert experience of Jesus tempted there by the devil. For this experience of the transfiguration connects all the dots for us, fulfilling the mystery of Christ's incarnation epiphany. God took on our flesh and was divinity made manifest in our human body so we might recognize our authentic identity as the divine daughters and sons of God. Jesus is our mirror of who we are. And when transfigured before his Peter, James, and John, epiphany is fulfilled. Christ's divinity permeates his body with blinding, glorious light. We're invited this special season, and every season, to gaze upon Christ transfigured, and to gaze also on our authentic identity in him. Yes, Lent is invitation to become more and more our best selves, our Christ selves. Yes, as individuals, but yes, especially as a church, a community of Christ's disciples. Scripture scholars note that from the moment of Christ's transfiguration, it became undeniably clear to him the path ahead would be one of rejection, suffering, persecution, yes, and death. What a letdown for those apostles, now hoping more than ever Christ, with Moses and Elijah and all the hosts of heaven, would overcome the rapacious Roman conquerors of their sacred Jerusalem. But there's no getting around it. Blessed are those who suffer persecution for the sake of righteousness. And no one understood that beatitude better than the Christ. Love in the face of evil, speaking truth to power, standing on the side of the nobodies, and eventually you will become someone to be eliminated, a thorn in the side of power, greed, lust, and violence. Transfiguration leads to the cross, and so yes, Lent is about denying to our selfish pursuits that only shrivel our souls and strangle our spirits. But Lent is all about denying the devil any power over us and opening us up more and more to the transfiguring power and light of the very breath of God. Transfiguration, and yes, Lent, is our call to becoming, to evolving to our Christ point of glory, to live ever more fully in the freedom and joy of the resurrection love of Christ. Transfigure us, O Lord, transfigure us, O Lord. Break the chains that bind us, speak your healing word, and where you lead we'll follow. Transfigure us, O Lord. Amen.